Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Spin Class. We're talking politics. Your host, Michael Fragan, here on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com, and on the Nachum, and the NSN app. And uh, historic day. Once again, the smooth transition of power. Uh, some would say this was smoother, or could have been, or could have been smoother, was not smoother. Doesn't really matter. We have uh, now transitioned from the 45th president of the United States to the 46th president of the United States, Joseph R. Biden Jr. And uh, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, has gone to Florida in a uh, unusual situation. Uh, in it, in the fact that the president, the vice president, uh, Mike Pence, the former vice president, attended the inauguration, but the president Donald Trump did not. So here to discuss it all, our frequent guest, friend of the network, uh, all around a good commentator, particularly when it comes to all things President 45, Donald Trump, Bruce Backman. Bruce, welcome back. Thank you for having me. So uh, let's just talk a historic day. Let's talk about the history for a second. Four years of President Trump, accomplishments, missteps, uh, what do you think? Uh, I will tell you, I saw an interview with Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia fame today, and she was very emphatic that Donald Trump, in fact, did not lose the election. So I, I think that there are – Rush Limbaugh seemed to have the same attitude. I mean we're kind of, of – aren't, aren't we kind of past that at this point? Um, I think we're past it. I think we were past it a month ago, unfortunately. Um, but it kept on going. Um, you know, I, I don't really, I never wanted a President Biden. Um, well, I really there's never, a lot of people who didn't want a President one. Biden, but it doesn't mean that the election results were different. Well, a lot of people believe that there were genuine irregularities, despite the media's statements to the contrary. A lot of people believe that there's unusual things, you know, statistical anomalies, things that are strange. I mean, they did stop counting votes in the four places that determine the final outcome of the election relatively simultaneously on election night. doesn't mean that Donald Trump won those places, but the, the, the fact that those things happened, you know, made people feel uncomfortable and uneasy, and it was unprecedented. Obviously, the way we conducted this election because of all the mail-in ballots may have had an impact on that. Um, but there are people who have questions, and, you know, all the court cases that were tossed, most of them were tossed on procedure. Actually, I think all of them were tossed on procedural issues. None of them ever really went to court and went and allowed for discovery to find out if any of the allegations had any there there. And there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, the, the, the barrier for proof post-election to overturn results is very high, uh, as it should be. And um, you have to be able to prove it's determinative in the final outcome. So to go open up a can of worms if it's not going to make a difference in the final outcome isn't really going to make much difference. And I think that the Trump legal team had a big problem making that case. It wasn't the case that there were irregularities. To say that there's no fraud in elections in America is ridiculous. No, no, but I don't think anybody, says, I don't think anybody says that. Well, I mean, if you read the regular newspapers today, it keeps on being say, unsubstantiated, not true, never happened, safest election. I mean, a lot of that stuff is absurd. I mean, we do know that we did mail-in ballots. We sent them to people's houses. Many of those people did not ask for them. You know, we have a system traditionally on how absentee ballots are, are, are done in this country. You have to request right. one to receive one. And in many places, in many states, they were just sent to you. And there were irregularities in how that was done. Does that mean that Donald Trump didn't won the election? No, I don't. I think that, you know, you have to go through and read the evidence. But at the end of the day, he wasn't able, he wasn't able to get a court in this country to do that. And, you know, 
this, which a lot of people don't like me to say is if you don't win in court, you don't win. You know, he had to make a case in court and he wasn't able to make that case. And that's because the barrier of evidence is high. You have to be able to show it's determinative. We don't just go and open up to find out if there's fraud in elections, post-election, unless if we think that that difference made it, if, that, if the potential for fraud made a difference in the final outcome. And Donald Trump's legal team, who he selected and his campaign selected, did a pretty good job, did a pretty poor job of making that case. And that's one of the reasons why I don't think the cases really got heard. Besides the political nature, the political football, the, the delicate natures of it. I mean, he had to make that case. I don't think that case was made. I think it's possible, but I, I think he had to make that case in court. And okay, unfortunately, so I don't think that was done. I, I agree with you. Let's let's talk about You're surprised. I'm giving you something that seems very mild mannered. No, no, I mean, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to. I'm happy that we. I'm happy when we agree. I enjoy. I enjoy agreements. We'll we'll fight later. No, I'm saying. Let's, no, no, know, but let's but know. let's let's talk. Let's talk for a second about the Trump presidency. Let's not talk. Let's not dwell mm-hmm. on uh, because I think what. You know, I think we can both agree what happened two weeks ago on on Wednesday was not uh, was an a- aberrant behavior on the part of Americans. Something as a democracy we should not be proud of, uh, no matter what side you're on. But let's talk for a second about um, the well. Let's take the Republican Party for a second, okay? So inside yeah. of inside of four years, the Republican Party, uh, which started off the Trump presidency with the presidency the Senate and the House of Representatives now out of power at all three, although it's 50-50 in the Senate. So I guess they're kind of hanging on and a very small margin in the House. But the president has, according to some reports, threatened that he is going to create another party. He's calling it the Patriots Party, at least according to some sources. And so much so that the Republicans, including Lindsey Graham, telling him, please don't do it. Okay, there's indications that the president will try and exact revenge on certain Republicans Uh, where, you know, the the, in the midterms, meaning look ahead to 2022, Republicans, the party out of power typically wins. Uh, Where do you see this coming down? You know, I know it's tough to predict in two weeks, not two years, but but where do you see this coming down for the Republican Party? And uh, especially me, I mean, Donald Trump is the Republican Party. Um, there are Republicans in the party who don't like him, but they're, they, they're, the, they're the elites in Washington and in some cities. Donald Trump is the, is the greatest embodiment on issues of Republican Party voters across the country. So the Lynn Cheney, um, Wyoming, arrogant, bushy garbage that she pulled uh, Liz, when, you know, she I voted think, for I think Lynn is her mother. Not Lynn. Well, Liz. Liz, sorry. Oh, I, I, I didn't realize I misspoke. That's okay. Uh, I Liz, just was trying to be uh, a little more no, precise. But Liz Cheney's, Liz Cheney's vote, I will put money on it right now that she loses in a primary in that district. The, the, the base of the Republican Party supports Donald Trump. And they don't just support him from the perspective that they're in love with him. They support him on issues. You know, the Democratic Party may have won the issue at the top of the, the, the election, at the top of the ticket, when it came to who, who people prefer to be the president. But on issue after issue, Republicans poll better than Democrats. They poll better than Democrats on immigration. They poll better than Democrats on trade. They poll better than Democrats on taxes. They poll better than Democrats, believe it or not, on social issues. Till today, they poll better than Democrats on virtually all the issues. So Joe Biden now is going to try to ram through this radical agenda. But they don't poll better on the, on the Mitt Romney Republican issues. You know, 
the Mitt Romney and the George Bush, the Bush Romney Republican Party is literally dead. Um, and I think a lot of them think that Trump leaving Washington is finally they're going to be able to recapture it. Mitt Romney is persona non grata in most Republican, you know, local clubs all across this country, maybe amongst Wall Street bankers or country club Republicans or some moderate quasi, you know, he has some base of support. But Donald Trump on the issues speaks to most Americans who are Republicans. So the likelihood that Donald Trump's threat of making a third party is, you know, he, I, I think it's just political positioning. I don't really think he's going to do it. Although I'll let you, I'll add that if Liz Cheney and some of her cronies get their way on some of this stuff, um, they'll, they'll, they'll pay at the ballot box. I mean, well, the Trump well, issues are winning issues. Well, both sides Trump may pay. run a really bad campaign and maybe COVID and a series of other issues, you know, was too much to handle. But on the issues that are going to be moving forward for this country, Trump's a winner. Trump's issues win. Right. They just win. That's why the down ballot races, you know, one could argue that the Republicans are able to do well down ballot, irrespective of the Georgia Senate race, which at the end of the day is an aberration. But on election day, when the real votes were cast in down ballot races and house races all over the country, not just in the Georgia Senate race, where almost a half a trillion dollars, who knows what was spent. Um, but if you, half a, you know, half a billion dollars, not trillion, half a billion dollars was spent on issue ads and campaign ads and who knows what else in a month. You know, the Trump issues are winning issues. And that's not going to change. I mean, Joe Biden's trying to pass through this amnesty bill. It's not popular. Nobody wants it. I think, you know, we're going to try to raise taxes. Nobody wants it. Nobody wants crazy spending. Nobody wants all these things. Well, Nobody wants green new deals. Okay, let's let's. We're interested in that. So let let's get back to the question for one second. Okay, so you're saying Donald Trump is not going to create a Patriots Party. He's not just. Gonna I don't posture, believe Donald Trump's going to create a Patriots Party. But a Republican Party, at least not today. A Republican Party that is warring with itself between the different factions. Uh, there aren't different factions in the Republican Party. It's not fifty fifty. It's ninety ten. That. Where have you been hanging? I don't know where people are hanging out. The Republican Party is Donald Trump's party. There was a poll done, which Frank Luntz was shocked after the election, where they said even after the January 6th riots and Trump's speech and all the rest of the two went along, 91% of Trump voters said they would still cast a vote for him again. It's not true. The Republican Party is Donald Trump's party. He is very popular with the base. That's not going to change. Liz Cheney today is right. now fielding two primaries in Wyoming. She's a Cheney. They, 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 they're, the most, they're the most well-known people in the state. She's not going to win that primary. She'll get clobbered. Well, let's but let's discuss the. I mean, both parties are are essentially coalitions. I'm making the point that right. there is no fight in the Republican okay, Party. Both- there is no. There's. It's it, it's it's literally a fight of one to ten. You're seeing it even. Everybody's like, oh, my God, in the House, the Republicans, so, 10, 10 congressmen voted to impeach Trump. Yeah, and everybody else didn't. Right. Well, I, I, I would not have expected 10, truthfully. But, but either way, um, as, no, we saw, as we saw, one as second, we saw from Georgia second, for a second. second. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I, want- I, want, I work in this a little bit these days. We were, I was told, you know, I was told from good sources – the day before that vote, that they thought that it was going to be way upwards of 10. 
there was talk that there was a movement going. Yeah, because they introduced they introduced the, they introduced the censure motion. They introduced a censure motion, and 15 Republicans went for the censure motion, or 20, or 30, whatever it was. So once you gave it, once you gave them, once you gave them an off ramp, they no longer look. Kevin McCarthy himself condemned Trump. Okay, let's not let's. I'm not telling you. I don't even want to talk about January 6. But but there are plenty of Republicans who went to the House floor and spoke against the president. So I'm not going to be there. Uh, what I'm what I'm saying what I'm saying here just. But but I'm talking about winning elections because ultimately I'm talking about the future of trying to win elections. You can't win elections. The, you can't, the Republican you can't Party win, will not be able to win elections if it's going to throw Donald Trump that, under the you bus. You can't win elections without the coalition. You can have rural voters of suburban voters. The the problem is, is that as we saw in Georgia, we saw it in spades. The Republican Party is hemorrhaging suburban voters, and in the suburbs that they used to win up until four years ago, or eight years ago, or six years ago, they are no longer. And, and in fact, you even had situations where uh, you, you, you're making you're making my point. They're hemorrhaging suburban voters because those voters don't like. Those voters may not like Donald Trump. I, I'm past Donald Trump. I'm talking about his issues. The Trump issues, not the Romney issues. Right. The Trump issues win elections. Yeah, okay. But the only person who's able, the only person who's able to get to push big numbers out on election day is Donald Trump. I mean, people don't realize this. Donald Trump, despite being harangued, harassed, attacked, hated by everybody in elite and media culture all around the United States, especially in New York, Washington, Los Angeles, and others, he still picked up over 10 million votes over the last election. Right. Uh, I mean, he's, he's still the best vote getter the Republican Party has in the country. Uh, Donald Trump is the only politician in this country. He's the only politician in this country who, if he was announcing he was doing a rally tomorrow anywhere, I'm not, he could fill up fields upon fields of people on a day's notice. I'm not. A- Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Bill Clinton. And, 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 and the Messiah himself couldn't do that. Not attacking, you're, you're mistaking the discussion for one, which is a referendum on President Trump. But let's, let's talk about the president. Let's talk about the presidency for a second. Let's talk about four years. Uh, and what do you think, what do you think he did well? What do you think he didn't do so well? How will history treat him? I think he did very well on foreign policy. I think he did so well on foreign policy. It wasn't even discussed in the debates. Um, there was nothing to criticize. Um, I think he did very well on economic policy pre-COVID. I think the vaccine is an achievement in the speed of time. I, I mean, we'll see how effective it is, but it definitely the speed at which it was developed is a lot of credit to his administration and his willingness to, you know, come up with some unorthodox ways of doing things. Unorthodox meaning just, you know, the concept of prepaying vaccines before they're made. You know, Pfizer... Every, all these companies were prepaid their doses, which meant that they had the money to, to conduct the, the studies and to do the research. To actually start, you know, to start it, manufacturing it, before every, everything was approved. To start manufacturing and also to pay for everything. Sure. A lot of that stuff had never been done before. We've done that with defense contractors, you know, but we've never done it with pharmaceutical companies. And, and you know, a lot of that stuff was very creative. And, you know, he gets credit for those things. Okay, so, we'll see how so it pans what, out so in what, the future. What went wrong? The vaccines are. What went wrong? But... I mean, I I think I think Donald Trump's on policy not very much in my mind went wrong. What I mean, you, you got to be able to name something. I can name a couple things. I mean, let's let's talk about what went wrong. Let's be real. I mean, no, on policy things, I don't. I think the spending was too much. 
out of control. I think he didn't do a good enough job on Sunday. Out of control. He said he was going to eliminate the debt. Never happens. In fact, I think he was. I think I think he had trouble on spending. Um, I think I think he had trouble on spending, and I think he, I think he never. I think I think he didn't realize that you can. You have to understand Washington if you want to fix it. And I don't think Donald Trump ever really felt that he needed to understand the way Washington works. And I think Washington is a swamp. And Donald Trump didn't thought he could drain the swamp in this strange way, and he couldn't. You know, Washington is is really dysfunctional. I mean, it's, you, you could pick up a magazine from 1985 and the cover of Time magazine. I still remember as a kid, it said gridlock. You know, this isn't a new thing that Washington doesn't function properly. Washington's been dysfunctional for generations. Uh, but Donald Trump's approach at, at working with Washington, I would say he a little bit, he could have used a little bit more of a deft hand. And I think he would have had a lot better success. You think? Uh... And I was surprised he was not able to do that. You know, I think I think I think his his business skills translated into politics well in some things, and other things didn't translate very well at all. I, I personally think the turnover in personnel was uh, well, that's part of was it. extraordinary. Um, I think it was extraordinary. I mean, look, everybody's entitled to have people that they that they want, but the fact is that the constant tur- turnover, and turmoil, and actings, and different musical chairs all the time, I think, really, really hampered the administration. But it wasn't everybody. Um, you know, it you wasn't had some, everybody. You had it some stability, certain, you, but you, but you, and a lot of agencies. Kind of what are the, but no, but what are the, do you, almost, exactly how right. many cabinet that's secretaries that. made it the whole way? I mean, only a hand, only a Betsy couple. Betsy DeVoe made it essentially the whole way. Okay. I mean, Elaine, Elaine Chow essentially made it the whole yeah, way. Yeah, well, two of that. They, ben Carson made it the whole way. They both resigned, by the way, if you remember. So they didn't actually. They did, but it doesn't count. Steve, they designed last Steve week. Steve Mnuchin. Okay. Steve Mnuchin made it the but, whole way. But at the big at the big time agencies, aside from Mnuchin, you did not have that. State, defense. I mean it was just... I'm looking around other places. Okay. Commerce, no. Right. Anyway. But uh but let's but you had you had constant turmoil, you know, four chiefs of no, staff. Rock made it the whole way. And w- have you even heard from the guy? <laughs> we haven't we have no He's the Commerce Secretary, <laughs> but have... he, he he's it's an important position, but he made it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, how will history treat uh, treat the president? Trump's, but but I want to add, Trump's problem was is that when you go and show up in Washington, the base of people you hire to work as a Republican president are Bush people, and Bush people are openly antagonistic. You know, even Bush today was quoted. Jim Clyburn quoted Bush saying that you know he, you know he he saved America or some crazy yeah, that's, thing. That's actually not what he said. But uh, anyway, I've <laughs> I mean. He said I read that he, damn he said that he saved Joe Biden. <laughs> he saved Joe Biden. He did more than he said something more than save Joe Biden. He's, he's okay. He was implying that he did more than save Joe Biden. Yeah. Save the no, he, that was the implication, but that's not actually what he said. But anyway, but yes, well, but it's that's, true. That's Jim it Clyburn more than more Jim Clyburn more than any other person is responsible for Joe Biden being president. I mean, it's not it's Correct. not uh, it's not much of an issue. That's a turning point in history. I mean, it's an amazing thing that you can point to the actions of one person to really have. No, I would argue that in twenty. I could. I would argue in two thousand eight that Ted Kennedy made Barack Obama president. 
when he endorsed him over Hillary in that primary. I thought that was the moment the earth changed. Yeah, change, but without the Kennedy apparatus behind him, Obama would have been point to, But, uh, but you can't happened. point to a single point in time like you can. You can't point to it specifically, but in retro, people knew at the time I, I, this was a moment. Yeah, Harry, but Harry Reid was also in Obama's corner at the time. So let's just, I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, literally, Joe Biden was dead, was dead as a candidate. I want to tell you, I was working at Fox News then. I was sitting at my desk, and I remember we saw we went we cut to it, and we saw Ted Kennedy was endorsing Barack Obama, and I called a friend of mine who worked in the building, and I said, I said, oh, oh boy, I said he's going to be he's he's going to win this thing. He's like, why? I said Ted Kennedy coming out the way he did like this, it's it's game on. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna pull it off, and he did. So will Donald Trump be, be remembered for anything else other than what happened on January sixth? And for not attending the inauguration? Donald Trump will be remembered in time as the person who was closest. This is where, where I, I'm, I become Trumpy. I think Donald Trump is the person who is closest in a very unusual way on issues and ideals to most Americans. I know that he lost the election um, and he's not the president, but I still think on issues Donald Trump put together an agenda that is is, is, is the majority agenda of this country. And I don't have any reason to believe that Donald Trump's agenda is going anywhere anytime soon. I spoke to someone in the White House press corps and, uh, who likes Trump. And he told me, he says, you know, uh, Trump may be gone, but uh, his agenda is not going anywhere. I mean, the, the, the assemblage of issues that he put together is going to far outlast him. And it'll become a, it, there may become a Trump coalition moving forward. I mean, the, the Democratic Party today is the party of rich people. Um, for the first time, probably in generations. I mean, it's it's all about it's all lip service. They're paying to the poor and the and the and the underprivileged. I mean, it's really a rich man's elite party of bankers, finance, um, tech companies, pharmaceutical companies. Uh, they're not really the party of regular people anymore. Well, I mean, the small business yeah. owner party is the Republican Party. You can certainly and and the regular people party is becoming the Republican Party. I mean. Now, does that mean that everybody in the Republican Party is poor? No. And everybody in the Democratic Party is rich? No. But for the first time ever, we've seen a move. Let's, I mean, Walt Bruce, Bruce, supported Joe yeah, let's look. Let's look at the let's look at the pardons for a second, okay? Let's look at. I mean, the pardons, the, were, the pardons were all rich and well connected people who many of whom not everybody many of whom committed financial crimes. Why not everybody? Oh, come on, please. Please, I'm not saying. I went down I'm not saying. I'm not saying certain people should be. I'm not saying they. It's up to the president to do it. But by and large, these were very wealthy, well-connected people. No offense. Are, I don't know if you realize this. <laughs> There's not that many people left in jail <laughs> between the summer and now. A lot of people were let he, out. I don't know. He, There's not so many people left he, there anymore. He, I hate to he tell pardoned, you. He pardoned lots. He pardoned lots of people who had already been out of jail for quite some time. And but but I get it. Actually, you know what? One part that we should talk about is the non-pardon of Shelley Silver, um, in the which was that was going to be pardoned, and former Assembly Speaker Sheldon Silver. Ultimately, was I not was not pardoned, and the new because they say the New York Post editorialized against it. Um, I didn't know that they you know, the New York Post had so much juice with Trump, and then all of a sudden he doesn't he doesn't pardon him. The fun, the crazy thing here, and I actually want to is that Andrew Cuomo was asked about it, and at a press conference yesterday, like as it was going on, like in real time. And he was asked about it mm-hmm. uh, by actually during an interview. And Cuomo's, it was just crazy. I, I, you know what? I have it in front of me. I'm actually going to read it. 
He just said, well, look at the whole. He's talking about the administration. It's just confounding, right? Four years of bizarre when it can't get any more crazy. On what theory would Trump even know Sheldon Silver and what possible connection or rationale? It's almost as if he's trying to purposely create anarchy and desecrate the entire system on the way out the door. Alan, he's talking to Alan Chartok, his interviewer. You know, he's making a mockery of everything. I have pardon power, okay? He, who knows anyone who could possibly pardon? I mean, don't, okay, this is where he gets to the money part, what I cared about. Um, this is what he says. Is he doing it for the Jews, basically? You know, that's, that's, that was what he said, okay? What is it, a Jewish thing? I mean, I, it, crazy. I mean, I, I can't believe that the governor of... I mean, Andrew, uh, of, I, I of don't, the, I don't, I'm not a fan of Andrew Cuomo. I mean, we, his book is being used in fireplaces all over New York State. I thought it was toilet no, paper. Nobody's really paper. interested in his stupid book. Toilet paper? Nah, toilet paper's too nice. Should be burnt. Can't believe someone have the audacity in the middle of a pandemic complaining that nobody, everybody's too lazy except him, but he had time to write so a book. So he said, so his specific was that the pardon of Sheldon Silver might be a favor for someone in the Jewish community. Now, why? It, it, it's not as if, it's not as if, Okay. Uh, I was hoping that Trump was going to pardon Julian Assange. I thought Julian Assange should have been. Okay, but let's get back to Silver for a second. Because I was, why, I'm in that why the gratuitous connection to to Jews, right? I mean, he was the assembly. He was there. I don't know. I'll speak to, maybe he's mad at Aguda still. Who knows? Oh, Cuomo, I guess. Okay. You know, okay. He, I guess so. Cuomo doesn't like to lose. And Aguda and the Catholic Church beat him in court. And maybe he's bitter. You know, the reality is, is Andrew Cuomo. This is important, and it needs to be discussed. Andrew Cuomo, in his State of the State address last week, said that, you know, we can't lock down anymore, and we have to reopen now, because if we don't reopen now, we won't have anything to reopen. Hundreds of thousands hey, of people... I, I, have I know a guy like you who said that through. months ago. I did, and the truth is, is now he's quoting me, except he's doing it eight months too late for a lot of families and businesses... And people who either left the state, lost their businesses, are still in unemployment. And all of a sudden, he woke up and he realized that his policies have eviscerated the state. Nobody in the history, if you want to talk, nobody has done a worse job in his position in this country than, than Andrew Cuomo. People can criticize Donald Trump all they want on many things in regards to COVID. But Donald Trump always understood that it has to have a balance. Donald Trump's government was still issuing, trying to work on vaccines and still issuing pro safety protocols all over the place. But the reality is, is his focus was always that you cannot bankrupt the country to stop the virus. And now the mayor of Chicago, the governor of New York and others have finally admitted what everybody always knew was true, that this doesn't work. In the meantime, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people have lost tens of I mean, the poverty and, and the destitution and, and the destruction of people's livelihoods and lives across this state from that man's policies are something that are beyond that are beyond words. And the way he so flippantly says, you know, oh, yeah, we can't do this anymore after he's been doing it. And he and he did it targeting the Jewish community on Sukkot. He targeted the Jewish community on Sukkot with despite despite today's rates all over the state are much higher than they were in the Jewish community on Sukkot, but he shut down those communities for upwards of a month in some cases. And today, where you have the virus, quote, raging, way worse than it ever was in those Jewish communities, he's like, oh, yeah, we have to reopen now, otherwise we won't have a uh, an economy to reopen. Okay. I mean, is there any worse 
political figure anywhere on earth than Andrew Cuomo? I mean, is there not on earth, but he's he's approaching pretty bad numbers. Janice Dean from Fox News hits him every day and he deserves it. And more people should hit him every day because he deserves it. He is a bad governor and he is a bad man. And and the Jewish community is who have been running to him and covering for him for years because he fought, he's destroyed the real estate industry. He's targeted the nursing home industry and blaming them for his mistakes. He is the pits. Okay. He is the worst. Okay. And anybody lightning, who defends him should be ashamed of themselves. Lightning rounds. Lightning round for you. Will I just I can't I can't I can't stomach what this man has done to New York. Okay, so uh lightning round very quick very quickly. Distribution, the worst in the country. Will 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 Donald Trump be convicted of the impeachment? No. Okay. Will they don't have the votes? Okay. Will the U.S. embassy be moved? Will, 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 will the U.S. embassy be moved back uh, from Jerusalem? Back to Tel Aviv? No. Okay. Will the there's too many will, there's too there's too many Democrats will the, in districts. Will the U.S. Will the U.S. Uh, try and make another Iran deal? Yes. Will the Republicans win the House in the midterms? Yes. Where will where will Donald Trump's presidential library be built? I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> well, you were so sure. You were so sure of all the other ones. I was just. I was just wondering. Will 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 Newsmax eclipse Fox News? I have a bias here. That's, that's fine. Uh, Newsmax is. Uh, Newsmax will eclipse Fox News, but it's just a it, well. I don't know if it's going to eclipse Fox News per se right away, but the fight, the the, the competition will become neck and neck very. Shortly. Okay, and last question: Who wins, Rabbi Hain or Larry Gordon? Who wins <laughs> in the five town? Will Rabbi Hain be pressured to resign? I don't think Rabbi Hain should resign. Okay, I don't think. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think so either. And whoever went out and threatened him and put that note on his door, shame on you. Seriously, I mean, what are you thinking? That's it for this week. Here, I thought, I thought it was it's, stupid. stupid. Exactly. Here on Speaker, I have to. I gotta call it out. We are out of time, man. We are. That's it for this week. That's it for this week. Wait, we're out of time. Think about Rabbi Hain. It's important. Rabbi Hain is a very political rabbi. Okay, we're out of time. He's been writing on Here on the Nachum Stiegel Network, stay tuned for Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Josephs. Full due respect. You can't.